Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Medifarm Labs second quarter financial results earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your, one of your speakers today, Laura Lapori. Thank you. Please go ahead, Madam. Thanks, Operator, and good morning, everyone. With me on the call today are Pat McCutcheon, Chief Executive Officer, Bobby Kwan, Chief Financial Officer, and Keith Strawn, the President. Before we begin, please note the following cautions respecting forward-looking statements, which is made on behalf of Medifarm Labs and all its representatives on this call. The oral statements made on this call will contain forward-looking information that involves risks and uncertainties, including those introduced by the COVID-19 pandemic. Actual results could differ materially from a conclusion, forecast, or projection in the forward-looking information. Certain material factors or assumptions were applied in drawing a conclusion or making a forecast or projection as reflected in the forward-looking information. Additional information about the material factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from the conclusion, forecast, or projection in the forward-looking information, and the material factors or assumptions that were applied in drawing a conclusion or making a forecast or projection as reflected in the forward-looking information are contained in Medifarm Labs filing with the Canadian Provincial Securities Regulators, which are available on the CDAR website at CDAR.com. With that, it is now my pleasure to turn the call over to Pat. Thanks, Laura, and good morning, everyone. It's been less than two months since our last call, but the significant progress within our business has been both tangible and impressive. We have made solid progress pursuing our strategy to evolve Medifarm Labs from a leading domestic producer to a top global manufacturer. We have established footholds in medical, wellness, and adult use markets globally, setting the stage to become a leading international pharmaceutical producer. In the second quarter, we've had a number of wins including creating important new customer relationships as part of the next generation of our core business, significantly ramped up the pace of our new product launches and increased the volume of our pharma quality formulations to both consumers in Canada and abroad, achieved commercialization of Australian operation, giving us a multi-jurisdictional GMP platform, launched a sophisticated ERP system, SAP, to significantly improve every aspect of our operations, including inventory planning, and management of our cost structure. We also entered into collaboration for a first real-world evidence patient-centered clinical trial with a world-renowned research organization in Shoppers Drug Mart. While concurrently executing on these initiatives, our team has adjusted well to the challenges of working in a COVID-19 environment. Our operations remain open, safe, and productive. We are very encouraged with the pace of our performance. While there is still work that lies ahead, and the impact of near-term economic turbulence remains unknown, we believe Medifarm Labs has positioned itself for meaningful long-term growth as a differentiated international player 
and future pharma company. Over the last two months, we've added three new independent directors to our board. I'm very pleased to welcome Chris Halleck, former president of Janssen, Johnson Johnson, one of Canada's leading pharma companies, Kelly Martin, former president and CEO of Nestle Canada, and Chris Taves, chief operating officer of BMO Capital Markets. These individuals representing large pharma, major consumer packaged goods, and international capital markets experience are already contributing at a high level to our board. They bring important new connections, perspectives, and expertise to our business that are exceedingly relevant to our vision and will help us grow, manage risk, and achieve our ambitions. And now let's turn to our Q2 performance. The domestic marketplace for cannabis has not substantially changed since our last call. However, our sales through Canadian retail are expanding month to month. So we are pleased to report an improvement in the top line compared to Q1. Bobby will have more to say on this, but revenues from Canadian domestic sales increased 25%, reflecting higher volumes of bulk concentrate sold and our growing sales of formulated finished products. We are transforming and diversifying our business. We are gaining market share by focusing on finished product production, such as high potency formulated oils and new vape products. A year ago, this activity represented precisely zero revenue. In Q1, 13%, and now in Q2, 16% of our total overall revenue. We are very pleased with this progress to date. Our flexible manufacturing capabilities and industry-leading R&D initiatives will allow us to maintain and enhance this trajectory over the long term. Legal recreational cannabis is a new market, and customer preferences are now beginning to emerge. We are seeing that consumers want choice and there's significant pent-up demand for quality formulations from trusted brand names. Medifarm Labs and our partners through us are delivering high-quality branded products that consumers prefer and trust. One of the true highlights this year is the rapid expansion of our product categories beyond adult use to include medical and wellness markets. Whether it's bulk API, formulated CBD and THC tincture bottles, disposable vape carts or topicals, we're doing more for consumers at competitive price points at higher potency levels. At the end of Q2, we had 60 concentrate-based SKUs in production, a four-fold increase compared to Q1. This number will continue to expand in the second half of 2020 as a result of our exciting and robust pipeline. Let me give you an example by connecting the dots between customer supply agreements we announced and the actual work that is being done to enhance our revenues. We are now manufacturing eight different Kronos vape pens under the Cove and Spinach brands in our Berry facility. This is a great example of how we have evolved major bulk contracts into value-add partnerships. Now that LPs are getting their feet wet with Cannabis 2.0, we expect to see and are contributing ourselves to the development of more creative formulations. I'm pleased to report that we now have ramped up our CBD isolate production, giving us significantly more optionality in product offerings in addition to our distillate-based product portfolios. We have come a long way in diversifying our platform with multiple different product lines and distribution channels. We've matched this diversification with greater sophistication and capabilities in our facilities. Beyond GMP, where our resource allocation has also been robust, over the past year, we've spent considerable time and capital implementing SAP. The system went live in Q2, which is a tremendous accomplishment demonstrating our maturity despite being a young company. 
On many different levels, having SAP in place is a game changer in managing things like product documentation, which is key for large pharma and consumer packaged goods companies. It will also provide a great return for Medifarm Labs in inventory planning and cost structuring. Going forward, SAP, coupled with the diversification from bulk to finished product distribution directly to the provinces, will provide better visibility in our procurement efforts. As I've highlighted the importance of GMP certification over many quarters now, its value is now truly being shown. I would say that nearly 50% of the new international customer agreements we've signed over the past six months would not have come to us if we were not GMP certified. It's that important. Another encouraging highlight of the second quarter was the commercialization of our Australian facility. In June, we generated the first revenues from contracts we signed earlier this year. We shipped roughly $650,000 Canadian dollars of GMP pharma quality products for distribution to Australian customers. This is the start of something big. I must congratulate our team in Australia for seeing our vision through to fruition. Since the beginning of this year, they secured more than a dozen white label supply agreements. Fulfilling orders for these new customers will keep our production lines busy and give us long-term stability. I'd now like to turn to a critical focus of our strategy, pharmaceuticals. We have executed well on our goal of creating a global pharmaceutical quality supply chain that is certified to serve new medical markets internationally. Our first sales were achieved through a supply chain collaboration between our Canadian and Australian GMP platforms. Sales of GMP certified formulated products are expected to continue ramping up over the balance of this year under the white label supply agreements with multiple customers in our target international markets. Recall also that Australia will more generally serve as our launch pad into Europe and Asia Pacific pending European GMP certification of our Canadian facility. Another exciting development is our participation, along with medical cannabis by shoppers and True Trace Technologies, in the University Health Network study of blockchain technology in tracking medical cannabis products from seed to sale. For those who don't know, University Health Network is one of the largest research organizations in Canada, consisting of several hospitals, including Toronto General Hospital, ranked number four best hospital in the world by Newsweek. This observational study will take place over a 24-week period will target at least 2,000 Canadian medical cannabis patients and will showcase the power of blockchain in providing participants with transparent data on medical cannabis products, chemistry, composition, and effectiveness. I'm pleased to report that Medifarm Labs is manufacturing seven or about 20% of the products available to be used in the study. Three of our own Medifarm Labs formulated CBD oils, including CBD25, CBD25.5, and CBD50. The other four are sprays and formulated oils manufactured for Avicana, one of the best positioned, clinically trialed, focused companies we work with. This is a fantastic value-add endeavor for Medifarm and consumers, and is well aligned to our plan to increase confidence in and indications for medical cannabis. Overall, we are very excited to expand our participation across a range of trials that offer potential upside towards future development of cannabis-based prescription Rx products, and formulations that can be registered in various global jurisdictions. A final highlight to our progress in Q2 is a new supply agreement with Hybrid Farm in Ottawa. This unique wellness pharmacy and medical cannabis sales license holder has challenged the status quo in the industry and significantly improved service to cannabis users. 
Qualified pharmacists work closely with healthcare practitioners to provide same-day registration and delivery, as well as drug interaction checks and continuous care monitoring. This is a well-proven model in the Canadian healthcare industry, but definitely a new look to our evolving cannabis therapeutic delivery. Fiberd Farm believes, and I would tend to agree, this is the way of the future. I'll return with more thoughts on the future, but first, here's Bobby's report on our Q2 performance. Bobby, take it away. Thanks, Pat, and good morning, everyone. Although it's been just a few weeks since our last report, there's been a marked improvement in our financial performance after a disrupted quarter one. Even so, these results are still more reflective of our legacy as a single country supplier and the challenges faced with the slow rollout of Cannabis 2.0 than they are of our international potential. As we continue to transition and transform to a global business, our growth trajectory will be enhanced through one, an increase in our addressable markets and market shares across medical, wellness, and adult use segments. Two, gain traction with the new Asia-Pacific and UK supply agreements. And three, incubate new and larger customer relationships. In the meantime, we continue to build a bridge to that future with steady improvements in our business operations, bolstered by a strong balance sheet. Looking to the quarter, we're pleased with quarter two revenue that posted a 25% improvement to $13.9 million compared to quarter one. About two-thirds of that healthy increase was due to higher volumes of bulk concentrate sold, with the remainder from growing our shipments of formulated finished products to provincial distributors throughout Canada, and importantly, the commercialization of our Australian subsidiary. As mentioned earlier, we have brought much more focus to finished goods formulation, which is part of the transformation and maturation of our business. New product formats are important as they diversify our revenue streams domestically and globally, give us ammunition to drive market share, and move Medifarm up the value chain. You will recall that Q1 was a low point because of reduced sales of wholesale bulk oil, the impact of one dishonored contract, and lower average wholesale selling prices that were broadly in line with the conditions in the adult use market in Canada. Pricing dynamics have not fundamentally changed. What has is our proportion of revenue from finished products. In quarter one, 13% of revenue came from finished products. In quarter two, it was 16%. We expect this to continue to ramp up given our portfolio of white label supply agreements and additional traction with our own Medifarm Labs branded products. Gross profit in quarter two was $2.2 million, or 16% gross margin. And this is essentially flat compared to quarter one after adjusting for the inventory write-down. We continue to refine our production processes and methodologies and sell through historically acquired higher price raw materials. These steps are intended to improve production efficiency and gross profit over the coming quarters. Turning to operating expenses, the total amount as reported in Q2 financial statements is impacted by two items under the other operating income line. First is the COVID-related government assistance in Canada with the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy Program, and to a lesser extent in Australia under their equivalent JobKeeper Payment Subsidy Program 
for a combined total of $1.8 million. The second piece is largely timing in nature related to a foreign exchange gain on intercompany balances denominated in Australian dollars to the tune of approximately $1 million. Underlying OPEX in SG&A and R&D combined is up by approximately $700,000 driven principally by non-recurring legal and filing fees associated with recent financing activities and the slightly higher Health Canada fees. As a result of these factors, adjusted EBITDA improved from a loss of $5.7 million in quarter one to a loss of $2.2 million in quarter two. Turning to the balance sheet, accounts receivable at quarter end was $32.9 million, with the increase compared to the prior quarter, in part commensurate with higher sales in this quarter. The pass-through portion, excluding the one customer we are in legal proceeding, represented 30% of all pass-through as of June 30th, and as of today, the majority of it has been collected. In quarter two, total inventory was $40 million, compared to $45 million in quarter one. We continue to procure only the specific input flower materials we need. For example, in quarter two, we only bought GMP-qualified flowers to support our international needs. And moreover, in volume terms, we purchased roughly one-fifth of what was purchased in quarter one. Turning to a couple of other balance sheet highlights, as you know, we completed a private placement offering in June for $37.8 million in gross proceeds. On August the 6th, and as planned, we received the remaining half of those proceeds, net of fees from escrow following shareholder approval. This financing increases our balance sheet strength, flexibility, and liquidity beyond what we reported as of June 30th, when we took in the initial proceeds of $18.9 million positioning us to support the continued build-out of our entrance in the international market and support larger future contracts. Consistent with our strategy and in light of current supply and demand dynamics in Canada for bulk crude and distillate, we continue to refine and adjust our capital expenditures to ensure we are optimizing capacity utilization, support strategic growth, and drive further efficiencies. To summarize, Quarter two financial performance improved markedly over quarter one, but the most important development was the ongoing transition of Medifarm from a domestic Canadian operator to a global player. Our now commercialized Australian facility, new international customer wins, steady ramp up of finished goods for medical, wellness and adult use markets globally, and our flexible GNP manufacturing capabilities all combined position us well for long-term value creation. Now back to Pat for his closing comments. Thanks, Bobby. I'll conclude with a couple of forward-looking comments on the near and mid-term growth catalysts that will drive sustainable future growth. First, our newest sales agreements, both internationally and domestically. These new partnerships represent growth opportunities for the near, mid, and long-term future. As these new contracts ramp up, we expect some early revenue to flow from them in the second half of 2020, with significant increases in 2021 and beyond. The second is in our sales pipeline, where we are active in discussions with large pharma, consumer packaged goods companies, and direct-to-consumer brands at home and abroad. Deals aren't deals until they are signed. 
but the sense we get from the new potential customers in these categories are that they are much more committed to entering the cannabis space than they were a few months ago. That's in part because of their confidence in Medifarm Labs has grown, significantly reflecting the achievements of our GMP certifications, licensing, and now robust SAP system that can handle large product and sales volumes. To be frank and realistic, these companies are in the market for a high-integrity partner with a solid international business model and professional governance. With these attributes across multi-jurisdictional manufacturing platforms, Medifarm Labs is perfectly suited to serve multiple sophisticated new market entrants. A third and major catalyst is international expansion. As we previously announced, we now possess TGA GMP for both our Canadian and Australian facilities. We intend to use these certifications to enter emerging markets that require GMP or the pharmaceutical inspection co-op status, including in South America, where we are now incubating many relationships. The next advancement in our international business will be the receipt of our EU GMP certification. Medifarm Labs is focusing on Germany as our primary jump-off point based on market size and its well-recognized world-leading pharmaceutical industry sophistication. As I noted earlier on the call, we still intend to currently serve Europe by formulating and packaging product here in Canada, transporting it to Medifarm Labs Australia, and then launching into the EU. Finally, and very impressive versus the Canadian market, is the expansion of our SKUs. Broadening the variety and formulations and product formats we offer is key to satisfying customers and growing our market share here in Canada. I'm very pleased with the initial sales of Medifarm Labs CBD25 regular formula, CBD25-5, and CBD50 plus formula. All are uniquely formulated high-potency oils for the medical use. More SKUs are also flowing under our white label agreements. Our job now is to use our multi-jurisdictional platform and differentiated capabilities to continue our transformation from a domestic to global pharma company. With the substantial gains we've made in operations and governance, diversification of our customer and product portfolios, and renewed strength in our balance sheet, we are prepared to seize the many opportunities in front of us. We are confident in our ability to deliver a very bright future to our employees, partners, and the shareholders of Medifarm Lab. Now, we'd like to answer your questions. Operator, could you please open the lines to our callers? Thank you. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound or hash key. Please limit yourself to one question and one follow-up. Your first question comes from the line of David Kaidekal. Your line is open. Hi, thank you. Uh, congrats, everybody, uh, on the quarter here. I have a couple of uh, questions for you. The first is, given the 25% increase in revenue uh, that you've reported um, in this quarter, um, and given that most of that uh, is being sold to the provincial distributors, I'm just wondering, uh, maybe Pat or whoever, if you can comment, what do you think the likelihood is? Cause, because we've seen this in the past where the provincial distributors take uh, possession and ultimately pay for products only to be sent back to the company, not, not many farm, but in general in the sector, um, and, and companies having to write down products. So I'm, I'm wondering if you could maybe just give some color there, given especially that we're about halfway through the quarter. Thank you. No problem, David. Thank you so much. Excited to have you on the call. Uh, just to add a little bit of color to start that one, uh, Keith's going to uh, stand up front, so I'll pass it over to him first. 
Hey, David, good morning. Um, yeah, I think for sure we've seen in the past uh, provincial retailers with large returns on, on products, probably more particularly uh, in the cannabis kind of uh, in the early days of legalization. I think um, inventory uh, became a problem, and then we saw a lot of returns on oil and gel caps, especially around the THC side. Um, what's encouraging for us is the provincial buyers are becoming a lot more sophisticated. So a lot of their ordering is more uh, just in time, in nature. So we're sending out, um, you know, half skids or, or cases that match up to POs to retail stores. So I don't think that we're going to see that problem across the industry just with the sophistication of their systems and their warehouses. And then just on the product demand side, um, what we've, we've done a really good job of here is kind of filling the gap where we saw gaps in the marketplace. So where we saw those returns, heavy returns on THC gel capsules, for example, those aren't a product uh, that we distribute to uh, provinces today. And even THC oil itself, just like THC and MCT oil, also isn't, uh, would be a very, very minor piece of what we ship out. Things like uh, CBD dominant oil, like our CBD 50, is something that you know, it keeps becoming reordered over and over again on a weekly basis. So that gives us the confidence that we're not going to see those returns. Okay, uh, that's helpful. Thanks, uh, Keith. Um, moving along here as well, um, I, th I think you guys did a really good job here of bringing SG&A and cash burn down uh, to this quarter, uh, respectfully from the last quarter, about half uh, for SG&A and for cash burn, by our calculations, about $9 million this quarter versus $19 million. And I want to loop that back with some of your prepared comments, Pat, with SAP in particular and, and some of these efficiencies that that creates and how that will ultimately, uh, you see gross margin um, leveling out next quarter. I know, Bobby, you as well mentioned that uh, excluding those non-recurring event or the non-recurring event from last quarter, it was flat at 16%. So I'm just wondering if you see SAP and, and any other uh, uh, technologies that you've been able to house um, to really help drive gross margin uh, higher, or or if we're fourth analyst should expect that number to be flat. Thanks. No, thanks so much for that question, David. Yes, it's been a priority of the quarter, uh, and as we move down, move into the second half of the year. Uh, we've really taken a, a deep dive and a, and a, and a specific look at uh, being more efficient in our spend, uh, even with now launching such a robust SAP system. Uh, I'm just going to I'm going to start there, just an introduction, but I'm going to pass it over to Bobby for some granularity in terms of, of cost savings and actually how we reduce those numbers. Great, thanks. Thanks for that, David. Um, I guess you know in relation to SAP, again. Uh, Fantastic start, tremendous uh, effort by the team. But we're in early days, but nevertheless, um, like all ERPs and certainly some of my own uh, prior experiences at, a, at sort of larger institutions, you know, over time, and we're already seeing sort of some of the early benefits of this, is that certainly we'll see greater visibility to the entire sort of value chain uh, uh, through our production process. And as a result, that gives us obviously better tightening sort of planning and coordination and control uh, capabilities, all of which, again, will come into, in broadly speaking, a sort of hopefully over time, greater production efficiency. Now, on your question with respect to sort of the broader one on, on gross margin, uh, as we've spoken before, David, I mean, you know, there are some drivers that we are pulling on all of them at, at, at all times, and in no particular order, certainly we need to burn through, uh, as I stated in my commentary, 
some of the you know prior historically acquired higher cost base of inventory from prior year. But in addition to burning through those, we're obviously benefiting from the SAP platform and our procurement efforts to ensure that you know we're buying more effectively, we're, part, we're partnering more strategically with some select suppliers to benefit from additional efficiencies. And certainly when you look at it from a, a go-to-market perspective, we'll also be looking to optimize the product mix and importantly, as we expand our portfolio breadth through new products, you know, we will be looking at segments as well as uh, introductions that will hopefully be margin accretive. So when you combine all of that, I think in the coming quarters we'll see, we'll begin to see the benefits of that. And then lastly, um, you know, in terms of the sort of the uh, geographic channel mix with, with the international side ramping up, we're inherently at the moment because it's medically focused the prices are a lot more favorable. The elasticity is less at the moment. So with pulling on all those channels, I think we'll see again in the coming quarters, not sort of immediately, but in the coming quarters, we should see some progression in our in our gross margin. Okay, thanks, Bobby. And if I can just squeeze one more quick one in here. Um, I think, Pat, you mentioned, or you, you press released it, I guess, uh, a month or so ago with, with your relationship or your partnership with Avicana. Um, giving, being given that they're a clinically trial-focused company. I guess my question is, given Avicana also, you know, heavily um, focused on Latin America and Colombia, among other regions, should, should we be thinking of optionality here for uh, Medifarm Labs with, with any potential additional international markets, for example, Latin America? Thank you. Yes, yeah, so thanks for that question, David. Uh, Maybe just two-part answer. The one piece being uh, our work with Avicana now, and uh, especially with the uh, the support of the SKU, and they're going into the to the UHN slash shoppers trial, is, is something that we're really excited about, and we feel is going to bring a lot of uh, a, a lot more uh, data and real-world evidence to the products that we're not only manufacturing ourselves, uh, but also for Avicana. Avicana's done a great job in positioning themselves as a very clinically trial. Uh, focused company in Canada and have now uh, have really identified and positioned a uh, significant amount of data from the products they're looking at, which we will be manufacturing and distributing in Canada, uh, and then looking down the path to ultimately explore distributing them uh, internationally because of our GMP status. With regards to their position in, in Latin America, uh, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting opportunity for, for their company and, and positioning where they can grow larger volumes of the smaller cannabinoids like CBN and CBG. Uh, but having said that, at this time, uh, we are exploring a number of relationships in Latin America, uh, currently outside of our relationship with Avicana. Uh, there's a number of areas of Latin America that we're excited to move into uh, because of our, our PIX Nation uh, or mutual recognition uh, approvals. Uh, through our GMP with the, with the Therapeutics Goods Administration of Australia, which gives the ability actually to export directly into Latin America. So uh, we're excited to, uh, to continue to update the, uh, the, the, the markets on our next round of relationships and uh, look to see those in the, uh, in the, coming, uh, the coming months of the quarter. Great. Thank you for that. That's it for me. Your next question comes from the line of Scott Fortune of Roth Capital Partner. Your line is open. Good morning and congrats for getting through the tough COVID environment here. Um, just to, to follow up on that, can you, you provide a little color kind of on the international markets? We've seen some competitor, Canadian competitors doing better in on that side. 
and kind of the the regulation or, or legalization kind of opening up those markets uh, or just more specific markets and potential timing wise of additional supply with your, with your PICS nations opportunities and, and kind of the inflection point there. How should we look at it kind of second half and moving into 2021? Yeah, thanks so much, Scott. Great to have you on the call. Uh, I'm just going to pass it over to Keith to, to start that uh, response. Thanks, Scott. We're really excited about international markets. I think that international markets is a, a great place for us to, to, to grow. And Bobby mentioned, like, gross margin levers. Those are obviously ones that we're focused on the most as we're seeing, you know, increased uh, selling prices in those regions and the ability to move end product. I think what's most encouraging is, is region-to-region um, update in more of a structured medical regime. So a lot of countries first would, would have like a special access program where a, one patient could get approved and then you could ship them one model, uh, for example, the UK. Since then, the UK has now updated their legislation as such that bulk can be moved into the country, stored there, for, um, packaged there, and then actually given to patients on a, a, as they're prescribed. So you're not doing like a, a one patient export. The import-export um, process and forms, the bureaucracy, is actually the same for one bottle or, you know, 20,000 bottles. So this is a great opportunity uh, for Medifarm. I think places that we're looking towards is obviously uh, continued signing deals in Europe, as we saw, you know, with our partnership with Adrex in Germany and now uh, Canaray, which we announced is a big supplier based out of the U.K., um, I think new international markets that you'll see us really focus on, as Pat uh, just alluded to as well, would, would be Latin America. I think places like Brazil have really done a lot of good work on um, establishing a program as well as even places like Peru. So large populations, uh, great uh, middle class, and uh, looking forward to sending them end products as they have no production in those areas. So that, that will be the big opportunity for us. As far as what that looks like in the, in the back half of 2020, um, we are uh, a bit cautious to um, the actual process. And then once you look at some of the people um, who control that, for example, in Visa, which is the FDA in Brazil, they obviously have other priorities on their hands in the midst of, you know, the pandemic. So um, it's hard to get sometimes some cannabis uh, stuff through with them as, as they kind of prioritize what they're dealing with with COVID-19. So we are, we're optimistic uh, on moving products in this year, but we uh, are cautious to the fact that, you know, they are prioritizing other things within the health authority. So we'll, we'll keep the market and everyone updated as we move through those processes. And it's something that we are, again, really excited about. Oh, great. I appreciate the color on that. And then just uh, kind of stepping us through kind of the new products. Um, you're seeing you mentioned the Corona so with the vapes. And you're mentioning kind of the provinces doing more just in time. Um, is that easier to, uh, to kind of step up your inventory ahead of that? Kind of what are you seeing, uh, I guess, strengths? You mentioned the CBD50, but other strengths of products, whether it's vapes or, or such, um, and the reorder from that side as as are you seeing a pickup in the second half here of the 2.0 products being offered? Yeah, thanks for that question, Scott. Uh, 
Yeah, as you've seen the trend from uh, from the end of two, from 2019 and then moving into Q1, Q, Q2, uh, we've seen a significant increase uh, in the uptake of the uh, the volume of, of uh, products and SKUs that we've actually pushed into the uh, provincial distribution as well as medical. Uh, one of the things that we're really excited for now aligned to, as we mentioned during the uh, during the, the presentation, that we have over 60 SKUs now. That's uh, a fourfold increase. Uh, we've got a very robust pipeline for the next round of SKUs, where we're able to now uh, really play a dynamic role in positioning where our, our, our products are going to be priced and where we can take advantage of segments that are growing uh, relative to the maturity of the industry. Uh, we are looking at a number of new weight label partners uh, that are looking to play in the different segments, and, and, and one of the things that we are uh, positioning and watching closely is the evolution of the value segment now and what that would mean to work with a partner. Uh, we, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the presentation, we're very excited for some of the higher potency uh, CBD-based products under our own brand uh, that, are, that are currently actually not competitive with any of our white label uh, partners, content manufacturing partners, which is a strategic move that we made. Uh, and it's an important piece because uh, we, want, we want to really position Medifarm Labs as the top quality producer in Canada. And as we identified the gaps in the maturity of the industry, there really was a miss in terms of the actual quality of some of these products and so that's exactly why we've launched uh, the Medifarm Labs brand first in shoppers in the medical side now through the provincial distribution uh, to position and fill that gap and, and frankly uh, this is what customers and clients have asked for uh, and now we're excited to, uh, to take that added margin with our own products and still uh, create a great relationship or, or sorry, create stability in great relationships with our contract manufacturing and white label partners. Great. I appreciate it, and I'll, I'll jump back in the queue. Thanks, Scott. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone. There are no further questions at this time. I'll turn the call over to Mr. Patrick Matkochun for closing remarks. Thank you so much. I just wanted to mention again that uh, with this Q2, uh, with a significant increase over Q1 of just about 25%, uh, it really gives us the, the strength and the confidence in our ability to continue to deliver a very bright future to our employees, our partners, and the shareholders of Many Farm Labs. Thank you, everyone, for the, for the questions uh, and, and plugging into the, to the presentation. I will close by saying we look forward to hosting our third quarter conference call in November and keeping you abreast of progress in between. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great day, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.